Shalom Mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word, and that's what it means, family. We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people with the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar. Oh, the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to understand the mystery that's been stolen from the church of what the Jewish patriarchs knew. They understood the power of the blessing. And the man that I know that has studied this the most over the years and has emphasized this the most over the years is Pastor Bill Ligon from Brunswick, Georgia. And uh, Bill and I go back a number of years uh, and I, I was a member of his church for many, many years. Uh, Bill, refresh my memory. How in the world, you're, you come from a Baptist background, you're not Jewish, how in the world did you get so interested in the Jewish blessing? Well, I was uh, in transition. Uh, Sid, I was uh, making a change and starting uh, over, planting a new work, uh, having been in... Uh, larger churches and uh, on the mission field. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and told me to plant this work on the foundation of the ironic blessing. And uh, at that point, I sought out an old friend of mine, a conservative Jewish rabbi whom I had befriended years earlier, and I found him in retirement in Columbus, Georgia. When I called him and told him, gave him my name, the old rabbi began to weep. He said, Bill, I've never had a friend like you. Where, uh, where are you? And I told him, I said, I'm in Brunswick, Georgia. I'm planting a new church. And God has told me to plant it upon the ironic blessing. And I said, uh, can I come to see you and study with you? He said, my home's always open to you. And now, just, just out of curiosity, did the Spirit of God really tell you to plant it on the ironic blessing? Oh, yes, most definitely. He said that the blessing... That, that's unusual. Well, he said the blessing, that the, the blessing had been lost from the church, and he had never, in, never intended that it would be removed from the church. Uh, you see, the, uh, when, when the church was, was founded by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, all three pillars of faith uh, which God used to change the lives of the children of Israel and make them into a great nation were present, both in Judaism and in the church. Uh, the Jews had the blood covenant, they, they had sacrifice every day in the temple. They had the, uh, the moral code. They had the Ten Commandments, and they had the high priestly blessing, the ironic blessing. The church was founded with all three. Uh, the church was founded with uh, the blood covenant, uh, the blood of Yeshua, uh, Jesus Christ. They had the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill and give it its proper meaning. And they had the high priestly blessing. Peter said, uh, for this you're called to give the blessing, that you might inherit the blessing. And so the Lord showed me that uh, the blessing had been lost to the church. Or if we use the blessing, it's, it's kind of the significance. It's just words. And we've lost the significance. Therefore, we can't believe. Therefore, we can't have faith. Therefore, it's not going to manifest. That's true, because all people say is, may the Lord bless you, but they don't know what, what that means. And really, there's more to it than that, a great deal more. 
because God intends to release his favor upon his people. So God made it clear to me that he wanted to restore that blessing uh, to the church and to uh, all, of, all of, of his people. God created everyone. And so that's when I studied with this rabbi, came back home, and I went to six seminaries and did my research and then came back and produced the material and began to then uh, speak the blessing in my own congregation over my people. You must have gotten so excited in those early years when the revelation first hit you through what the rabbi was telling you. It was. I, I was excited about it, and the rabbi became excited. He and I worked together on this, uh, and uh, we had a great time together uh, in his home studying. Well, I just can't wait. Uh, we have so many other things to talk about, but I want to know about the power of the ironic blessing. It's, it's amazing, Sid. Uh, that was in 1973. Ever since then, uh, we have not only taught the blessings locally, but uh, we have gone to other places. We've done television and radio, and we've been in conferences around the country teaching people the principles of blessing. And now other people are beginning to teach those principles. But uh, it's amazing how God has changed the lives of people through the power of the spoken blessing. But tell me specifically what it means, the, the ironic blessing. The ironic blessing, uh, God said, told Moses, he said, when this blessing is spoken, and uh, most people know what it is, but he said, this is, you will speak this blessing. Every time uh, you assemble my people together, have Aaron and his sons speak this blessing. May the Lord bless you. Not I bless you, but may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. Now, God made a promise in verse 27. He said, thus you shall put or invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I then will bless them. You know, I've read that in Scripture, and I've, I've pondered what does that really mean? What, what does that mean, Bill? Yes, the word invoke or put. Uh, let, let me give you an illustration of what could happen. A person leaves his house and goes out and gets in his automobile and puts the key in the ignition uh, and turns it with the intention of moving a ton of weight where he wants it to go. Now, he can uh, turn it, and uh, that will release an electrical charge from his battery into the combustion chamber, and he can start his engine. He can sit there and uh, turn the engine up, push down on the acceleration pedal, and turn it up until uh, he's, his neighbors all, all hear him racing his engine. But he goes nowhere and does not accomplish anything. Uh, in order to do that, he has to invoke the power of that engine. That's the strength of that word in the Hebrew, to invoke the power of the name of God himself. So in order to do that, he puts it into gear. And when he does, he invokes the power of that engine and moves that automobile, a ton of weight, with one finger on the steering wheel to where he wants it to go. Now, that's exactly what can happen. A lot of people seem to get together, and they make a lot of noise, but they can't seem to get their lives in order. They can't seem to go the way they're supposed to go. God's intention was that his favor would be released through this spoken blessing. And that's what it does. It engages the name, the covenant name, and the power of God to release God's favor upon those who receive the blessing. You know, I remember years ago you shared a story 
about a woman that had a mark on her forehead and the power of the blessing with her. Tell me about that again. Those those people lived on the western side of the state, and they came to see us, uh, and she had this mark on the forehead. It was there because uh, her mother had told her that it was there because she was born under a curse, and she wasn't wanted. She wasn't accepted. Hmm. So I uh, taught her husband how to lay hands on her and release blessing upon her life. I taught her how to forgive her mother and those who had rejected her and how to bless them. Uh, They went back home, and they began to do that. He began to lay hands on his wife every day, and one day he called me all excited and said, Pastor Bill, he said, as soon as I began to bless my wife, that mark on her forehead, like a birthmark, began to fade. It was a V, uh, that, which was the first letter in her name. And uh, he said it began to fade, and now he said it's gone completely. It's never done that before, but it's gone. And we followed up on him for some time, and it didn't come back. He continued to release God's spoken blessing over his wife, and it produced tremendous results in her life. Well, I, I have to believe, even though... Um, there's so many amazing things that happen when people understand the power of the blessing. I happen to believe that that had to have a major impact on you to see how what God did in the blessing internally actually reflected on the outside. It was so significant in my life that uh, I thought, "I, I need to begin to impart this blessing to my wife, and I wanted her to impart it to me. So uh, we agreed, and we began to lay hands on each other and speak blessing and success and health and favor over each other. We've been doing it now for years. It brought tremendous results. And one of the most significant things it did for me, Sid, uh, when, when we married uh, 53 years ago, 53 and a half years ago, thank you. Uh, I mean, that's a rarity these days, Bill. <laughs> I was raised in a home with... I had an older brother, but he was already gone. I was raised in a home with three older sisters, a mother and a grandmother, all of whom spanked me when they wanted to. (laughs) And (laughs) so when uh, when I married my precious wife, uh, I I loved her dearly. She didn't spank you, did she? Oh, no. But uh, when when she wanted to talk seriously with me, I just withdrew. And so one of the things I could not accomplish was emotional intimacy. Now, she said, we need to get closer. I said, well, come here, sweetheart, and let me put, hold you in my arms, and I'll show you how close we can get. She said, no, I want emotional closeness. I want emotional intimacy. And you didn't really have a clue. And No, and I could not seem to, to have that mm-hmm. breakthrough. Sid, the root problem with marriages in America is that the average man cannot achieve emotional intimacy with his wife. He can achieve physical closeness, but not, not emotional intimacy. So when my wife began to lay hands on me every day, after a few months, I realized that that wall had been melted down and that the, my wife and I had bonded in an emotional way. And so I would not live without it every day. Uh, actually, uh, as I study your course and have heard your teaching, there was an emotional bonding, but it is even deeper. It's almost a spiritual bonding. It's like the Bible says you become one. We did. We became one, and uh, and we began to experience God's blessing and favor. And one of the things that, that I've been able to do for my wife uh, in 1970 when we were missionaries in Barcelona, Spain, she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. 
God supernaturally healed her on Valentine's Day, 1971. But every day when I lay hands on her, I say, may the Lord bless every cell and nerve in your body with health and life. If we could just get husbands and wives in America to begin to study these principles and begin to release God's favor upon each other, there the sky's the limit on what I, they would I, do. I believe that we haven't even scratched the surface, not just husbands and wives, but entire families, not just entire families, but entire churches. I can't wait to get these four CDs and the book, Imparting the Blessing, What the Jewish Patriarchs Knew for a gift of $38. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. Now, Pastor Bill, tell me how God pulled this off I mean, all of these slaves in the desert and, and and organizing them. I mean, you would think everyone would be going their own way. Can you consider, uh, said that these people had 400 years history of slavery. They had been verbally cursed and abused. They had been physically cursed and abused in many, many ways. And God gave Moses that challenge, not only to deliver them from bondage to the strongest dictator of his day and take them through a desert, but into a land filled with hostile tribes and establish them as a great nation with self-esteem. Now, these people had no self-worth. They had no self-esteem. And God gave to Moses three pillars of faith to accomplish that. Those three pillars of faith have got to be present in the lives of people with low self-esteem, low self-worth, in order for their lives to be changed and for them to accomplish their mission and their purpose and know their, their identity and their destiny in this life. Those three that God gave to Moses, first of all, were the blood covenant. We call it the Passover. He delivered them from Pharaoh's control in Egypt through the power of the blood. The same thing that God will do to deliver people today. When they got out to Mount Sinai, he called Moses up on the mountain, and there he gave him the moral code. We call it the Ten Commandments. But he gave him the moral code of God, the first four of which told them how to relate to God, the last six, how to relate to one another. Uh, that moral code is so important in the lives of God's people. And in Psalm 19, uh, the Bible says that this law of God, this moral code of God, converts the soul, changes the lives of people. But then God gave to Moses the high priestly blessing. And that high priestly blessing in Numbers chapter 6, verses 23 through 26, releases God's favor upon his people and changes them, changes people from having no self-esteem, no moral worth, to having a great confidence in God and great confidence in themselves. It's the supernatural exactly. of the supernatural God that is released that has been stolen from the church. That's right. And one of the first uh, evidences that I saw of the power of this uh, happened when uh, shortly after we began to teach the principles of blessing in the church, one of the mothers called me and said, Pastor, we have a real problem in our home. I said, what is it? She said, our seventh grader. He failed the seventh grade, and he just brought home his first six weeks report card with all Fs. What do I do? I said, well, you and your husband bring him to me. 
She said, well, I want you to know that we've tried everything. We've tried spanking him, rewarding him. We've had him in to the counselor's office at school. We've had him in the principal's office. Nothing, nothing is working. So uh, when I met the boy, I saw that he had no self-esteem, no self-worth. Now, there were things that we had to do to change his life. So we took the same pillars of faith that God gave to Moses, and we applied them to that boy's life. First of all, we uh, taught his parents to pray and ask him, them, him to give them a different understanding of the potential in their son, because all they saw was his failure, and they spoke his failure over him. They said, if you don't change, you'll never make anything out of yourself. So they, they began to understand that they had to see the potential they, they were in this doing boy. the blessing in reverse. They were cursing They him. were cursing, yes. They were speaking spoken curses over his and life. And it was working. Exactly. <laughs> And the teachers were doing the same thing. Hmm. And uh, I had to, I taught the boy that the spoken blessing is the only thing that will break the spoken, spoken curse over your life. So I had two things going on simultaneously. First, I had the parents laying hands on their son and speaking life and health over him every day. May the Lord bless you with self-esteem. May the Lord bless you with the ability to concentrate, to retain information, to study properly, to behave in the school. May the Lord give you those qualities. And then I taught the boy how to bless his teachers because they were cursing him. I didn't have access to his teachers. And when he had learned well, I sent him to school the next day. When he went to each classroom, he approached the teacher's desk. He said, teacher, may I speak to you a moment? What is it, troublemaker? Well, I want you to know that I'm sorry for the way I've acted in your class, but you're an excellent teacher, and may God raise you up to be the star teacher in this school, and may the Lord give you favor in all that you do and success in all of your ways. I had a whole series of blessings to be, that he was to speak over his teachers, to break the curse over, over himself. Well, one teacher out of all of them uh, took the occasion to curse him again. He said, you're a liar. I don't believe anything you say. You'll never make anything out of yourself. I don't want you in my classroom. That and, must have crushed that young you No, know, I had him ready. I had him prepared. Uh, he, he just remained quiet, didn't re- react to it. He didn't get angry. When, when the teacher was through, he said, I understand how you feel, and I'm sorry for that, but you're an excellent teacher, and may God raise you up to be the tar- star teacher in this school. And he spoke the blessing the second time. Oh, he well, then, must have crushed oh, that my. teacher. <laughs> I asked him, I said, well, what did the teacher do? He said, just sat there quietly for a moment and then said, well, if you feel that way, maybe we can try again. <laughs> and that day, that boy broke the spoken curses over his life. Many people struggled, kids, said, with spoken curses over their lives from their own parents and from their brothers and sisters, their siblings, from other people, from teachers in schools, and from, from colleagues at work. They struggle under those, those curses in their lives. That boy broke it that day. He finished high school with all A's and B's, was invited to enter pilot school, and trained and became a jet pilot and began to fly uh, cargo jets around the world. That's the boy that the teachers and the parents were saying he would never make anything out of himself. And the power of the blessing is what God used to reverse that boy's life, just like God used the power of the blessing to change those enslaved Israelites into a great nation. Now, I want you to point out, because we were talking before we went on the air, there's so much you cover in your course, uh, but tell me about the value of the spoken blessing in Scripture. Let's go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Well, when God first created Adam and Eve, as recorded in Genesis 1, 27 and 28, the first thing God did for Adam and Eve was to speak a blessing over them. And this is the blessing he spoke. He said, 
that he, he blessed them and said, the scripture says he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And one of the great Hebrew scholars, uh, a German theologian by the name of Dr. Klaus Westermann, says in one of his writings that he finds in the Hebrew that at that point God released on Adam and Eve the power of procreation. Now, when my wife and I saw that, we began to bless husbands and wives who were barren and hadn't been able to have children. Now, I know about your son and daughter-in-law. They were in that situation. They couldn't have children. What happened to them? They have five today. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> five children, which are, who are my precious grandchildren, of course. And God did that for us. Uh, we have, for instance, about 200 grandchildren around the nation who God gave to these barren couples because of the blessing being spoken over their lives. And uh, I could go on and on and tell you example after example. I have a better idea. There's some people listening right now, and they're saying, bring it on, Pastor Bill. Pray that blessing over me. Now, there's some others that are saying, don't you dare pray that blessing over me. Would you pray right now well, for barren women oh, yes. that want if, to have children? If you're, a barren, if you're a barren wife right now and you want to have children, I encourage you right now to put one hand toward your radio, the other hand on your stomach. Now, if you're driving, just put a hand on your stomach and uh, you receive it right now. And uh, so may the Lord himself now bless you and release upon you the power of procreation. May you be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And may the Lord break now the curse of barrenness over your body in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. You know, there's something about speaking the the, the, the blessing of God and even revealing it that is releasing a presence of God in this studio over that prayer. But I believe we've, we've just hit something where it's not just barrenness, it's anything based on the promises of God. I mean, you're, you're seeing, in fact, on tomorrow's broadcast, I want you to tell me about how it plays out in your home how it works with your two sons, how it works in your marriage, uh, because we have marriages that are in trouble in the United States of America and throughout the world. And I believe the revelation that you have obtained literally through prayer and through study over all these years are going to transform people. When you you, you teach your seminar in person, and of course, we have the four CDs. Uh, but what kind of feedback are you getting from people that go through your book or listen to your uh, seminars? When they apply the principles, when they study these principles, they get the material, study it, and apply these principles to their lives, we see tremendous results. We have testimony after testimony of people whose lives have changed because they have begun to release the spoken blessing over one another. Once you get this teaching and revelation of what the Jewish patriarchs knew and understand imparting the blessing, I mean, as, as Pastor Bill Lagan, as you explained on yesterday's broadcast, the Jewish people, without the power of the imparting of the blessing, would have never survived in the desert. Oh, no, they could not have made it without these three pillars of faith operating in their lives. All three are what God used to transform them 
and it is the ironic blessing that releases God's favor upon them. You see, many of God's people have had the blood covenant, they've had the moral code, but they haven't had the favor of God released upon them. So we have a lot of people who are struggling in their lives because they do not have that favor. And God wants them to have that favor released upon them in their personal lives, in their, in their workplace, and in their homes. We, they want families. He wants families to be united together, and it is the ironic blessing that will bring that together in their homes. Now, just out of curiosity, uh, did you have uh, your father uh, or, or uh, someone pray this blessing over you? Well, when I began to learn the principles, my father was deceased. He, he passed away six months after I was married. But I had a brother 20 years my senior who was not a churchman, wasn't active in church, didn't have anything to do with church. In fact, his sister close to his age went uh, down to Florida where he lived and tried to talk to him about the Lord, and he told her if she was going to come and preach to him, just uh, not come. But he and I were together with our wives one time in adjoining motel rooms visiting our mother, uh, who was in a nursing home. And I thought, well, here's my brother, and I'm going to receive the, the ironic blessing from my brother, my older brother. So I went to him. My wife and I went to him in his room with him and his wife, and, and uh, we called him Scotty. And I said, Scotty, I know you love me. He said, oh, yes, you know I love you. I said, well, do you want good things for my wife and children and me or, or bad things? He said, he called me son. He said, oh, son, you know I want good things. I said, well, uh, God will release those upon me if you will speak them over me. And I have these blessings here prepared for you. Would you right now, I'm going to just get in front of you on my knees in front of you. And would you put your hands on me? And would you then say, may the Lord bless you with and begin to release these upon my life? He did, Sid. And when he did, the Spirit of God came on him, and he began to cry. I could hear, feel his tears dropping down on my cheeks and on my shoulder. And when he got through blessing me, he then got on his knees, and he said, now do it to me. And I was able to release blessing upon my older brother, 20 years my senior. I could release blessing upon him, and while I had my hands upon him, I said, may the Lord reveal himself to you. May the Lord fill you with his love and his grace, and may the Lord give you understanding of salvation, and may the Lord make you a part of his family. Well, shortly after that, his wife passed away, and he moved up to Boise, Idaho to be near his daughter. And one day she called me and said, Uncle Bill, Dad just had a heart attack and died. So I flew up there, and his, the pastor, her pastor, said, came to me and said, I guess you were concerned about your brother. I said, well, I was. He said, well, he said, you need to know that when he came here, his daughter brought him to church, he heard the gospel, and he gave his heart uh, to the Lord. And I believe, Sid, that it was that blessing that, my, that I was able to speak over my brother, the same man who told my sister not to preach to him. I believe that's what God used to transform his life and bring him into the kingdom of God, just like I believe it happened in your father's life. When he spoke was, blessing uh, over you. You know, my father came to the Lord on his deathbed, literally. But when I asked him to pray uh, the ironic benediction over me, I knew that he couldn't figure out why I was asking him to pray it. Even though he was an Orthodox Jew, I mean, here is some believes in Jesus. It doesn't make any sense. 
But I also believe, like your brother, that when I asked him to pray, something very supernatural occurred. What about you? When your brother prayed for you, what effect did it have? It had a tremendous impact upon my life, and I began to have favor from God after he did it. And one of the things that some people don't realize is that certain people have a position in your life before God. Like a father, even though he may not be a churchman or he may not be in, you know, at all in, interested in the things of God, has a position before God. He has a parental office before God. My older brother had a position before God with me. And even though he wasn't a churchman and wasn't a believer at the time, nevertheless, when he spoke that blessing, God was present. And God did exactly what God said he would do. And he'll do it for other people, too. Uh, What about someone that says, my father is dead or he won't pray over me. I don't have any brothers uh, uh, to pray over me. Uh, am I lost with this blessing? Oh, no. I, I've encouraged if someone says my father is deceased uh, and I don't have a, uh, someone in my family who can do that, uh, I've encouraged them to ask their pastor and his wife to have a blessing service, uh, kind of like a, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah uh, and actually, speak blessing your, over them. Actually, in your workbook, in your teaching, you recommend people, if they've never had this type of a blessing, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, you actually recommend no matter what their age, they should have it. Exactly. I think that every person uh, is deficient until they have that blessing spoken over their lives. And uh, I encourage everyone to do that. And we give them full instruction in this material on how to do it. Uh, My wife uh, gives information on how to have, you know, the word bar means son. Right. And a mitzvot is a commandment. So uh, one who is bar mitzvahed is one, a son who has embraced the commandments, to keep the commandments. And bat means daughter. So that's a daughter of the commandments who has committed herself to keep the commandments of God. Okay. We found out that you and your wife bless each other every morning, uh, and it has made the difference between you being emotionally attached uh, and unified in spirit. It's, it's transformed your marriage. Uh, what about your two sons? Tell me about them. Well, from the time we began to understand the principles of the blessing, we started laying hands on them and blessing them, speaking blessing over their lives. And one of the great joys has been to have them turn around and lay hands on us and speak blessing over us. And now uh, our older son has five children, and he and his wife uh, speak blessing over those children every day. But one of the interesting things is that when they get through, the children who are small, they're from ages 4 to 10, they speak blessing over their parents. And before their dad leaves for work, every day they speak blessing over his life. So tell me about, let's start with your older son. What happened in his life as he's an adult now? Well, when he was leaving for college, Sid, he, uh, he called me into his room and he fell to his knees and he said, Dad, bless me one more time before I leave. And so I spoke blessing over him and then he got in his car and he drove off. And then years later, after he became an attorney, uh, he was raised up as a municipal judge in our city. And uh, when he, uh, he started his, his court practice, He asked me to come to his court the second time that he sat on the bench. And uh, uh, when they were ready to start the court, 
uh, they had everyone rise, and the, uh, the police ushered him in, and he went to the bench, and then he said, everyone remain standing. He said, my father is here, and I'm calling him forward to speak blessing over this court. And so he began well, his— Well, when the judge orders something, yes, they have do to That's do right. it, even in America. Exactly. So <laughs> he began his 16-year career as a, a judge uh, with the blessing being spoken over his judgeship and over his court. And his court was very successful and prosperous all of those years. And he just was uh, promoted. Tell me about that is in Congress. Well, in last fall, he was elected to the state Senate, and he's now the state senator for this district. And uh, he called me one day from the Senate office in Atlanta and said, Dad, uh, we want you to come up and uh, pray in the Senate, and I want you to speak blessing over the Senate and over all these senators and over the governor and lieutenant governor. So uh, we had a blessing service in the Senate in the state of Georgia back in January. And tell me about your, sh- your son, John, who is a writer. John uh, had a, a great inspiration to begin to write on the second pillar of faith, on the moral code of God. And so God, we began to lay hands on him and bless him, and God has supernaturally anointed him. He now has pr- pr- produced four of the books on the Ten Commandments. They're beautifully illustrated. They're all in rhyme, and they challenge and inspire children and parents as well to have a great honor and respect for the moral code of God. And very briefly, for your surprise 80th birthday, what did your five grandchildren do? Oh, my goodness. During that, the church had that for us. And, and as a part of the ceremony, uh, the five children and all of my family, uh, two sons, my daughter-in-law, uh, my wife, my, my mother-in-law, they all gathered around me, and those children spoke the ironic blessing over Papa. What did that mean to you? Oh, my goodness, Sid. I can't tell you how, how significant that was to me and how it moved my heart uh, with, with deep love and, and compassion, uh, not only for those babies, but for all of my family and all of my household and the church. Do you believe that either of your sons would have achieved what they have achieved so far without the power of the blessing? No, I do not. I believe that that's important, and I don't believe that I would have come to the place where I am today. Uh, Here I am walking in health, 80 years of age, walking in health. I feel as healthy and strong as these uh, 20 and 30-year-olds walking around your office here. And uh, I, I work a, a full day every day. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. and uh, Oops, I we're go, out of time. Oh, I need okay. to get this book in your hands and the four teaching CDs imparting the blessing, What the Jewish Patriarchs Knew, available for a gift of $38. Call or write today. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. I have Pastor Bill Ligon, who has devoted a great deal of his life understanding this mystery that has been stolen from the church. He went back to the Jewish roots. He he studied with a, a, a 
a was it a a reform Jewish rabbi? No, he was a conservative rabbi. A conservative. Oh well, that's that's Jewish. My father used to say reformed wasn't even Jewish. No, no. But uh, no, he was Jewish. He was but conservative and kosher. He when was. When I became a Messianic Jew, my father said reformed looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so he has he's made it a point to really study. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the pioneer in understanding imparting the blessing. Uh, and Jesus understood this. I mean, he, he understood it because it hadn't been stolen from the Jewish people. It was just stolen from the church. How did Jesus use the power of the blessing? Said Jesus began his ministry by speaking a series of blessings over his disciples. Now consider who those men were. They were fishermen, they were called Galileans. Uh, they were considered unlearned, untrained uh, in the rabbinical schools. Uh, one was a tax collector, and yet Jesus took these men and he formed them into apostles. They, had, they have apostolic statue now, uh, eternally, in the church. And it all began when Jesus started speaking a series of blessings over them. We call them the Beatitudes. He blessed them with everything they needed to fulfill their destiny and purpose as successful men in the kingdom of God. But then in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 and 14, he said something unusual to them. Now, this is at the beginning of his ministry with them. He said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. But at that point, they weren't. They were neither. They had no evidence of it. They were, they were rowdy men. They, would, they were jealous with each other. They would argue with each other. fact is, before it was over, Peter would deny the Lord three times and even curse the third time. But Jesus said to them, you are. And they became everything that he said that they were. Now, that becomes a model for us so that we are to pray and ask God to show us not only with our children, but with our husband, with our wife, the potential in them, with our employees and with our employer, with other people, all people, Lord, show me the potential in this person that I'm going to speak blessing over. You're talking about loving people the way Jesus did and seeing them not as they are, but what they're destined to be. Exactly. And then Jesus then taught them the biblical principles of blessing. He showed them how to do it. He even showed them how to bless children when in Mark chapter 10, he lifted children upon his lap and he blessed them. The scripture says he blessed them. You know, the last thing that Jesus ever did, uh, Sid, is found in Luke twenty-four forty-nine, uh, when he was ready to lift up into heaven. Uh, he, as he was going up into the cloud, the scripture says that he lifted his hands and blessed the people. Now, I was, uh, I attended, my wife and I attended a Jewish bar mitzvah for the grandson of some friends, Jewish friends of ours one time. And afterward, we went to a a nice dinner with them. And I was seated with the rabbi who was a visiting rabbi. And I found him to be a very congenial man. And I said, Rabbi, I said, you know, in Luke 24, 49, when Jesus was ascending into heaven, uh, he lifted his hands and blessed his followers. What do you think he said over them? And this is what he said, Sid. He said, Jesus was a rabbi. I said, I agree. A teacher, that means teacher. He said, uh, in order to fulfill his rabbinical duties, among other things, he had to be saying the high priestly blessing. Mm. I said, I agree with you fully. I believe that when Jesus was ascending into heaven, that he was saying over his people, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. The rabbi said, I agree with you. I believe that he had to be saying that when he was ascending into heaven. And I said, I, yes, and I believe that at that point he released upon them special favor that was followed not too many days after that with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. Now, Jesus did that, and that becomes our model, and that's the way we're to live. We're to all the people to whom we relate. We're to do the same thing, Sid, and it makes a tremendous difference uh, in our lives. Now, you've pointed out as people sit under your teaching and get this revelation, uh, you've pointed out that marriages, husbands and wives bond together in their spirit, that children start fulfilling their destiny and honoring their parents. Uh, What about businessmen? How does the blessing affect them? Tremendously. Uh, We had one man move to Brunswick with his wife and a little girl, and he worked very hard in his company, but he couldn't seem to get ahead. Everything always seemed to fall apart for him. He secured a copy of this material on imparting the blessing, studied it carefully, and then it dawned on him, my problem is my father raised me under verbal curses. He always spoke negatively to me. I, he didn't talk to me except when I was doing something wrong. And, you know, a study was made that determined that the average father in America speaks to his child five minutes a day, and that's only when he's misbehaving, speaking correction over him and warning him that he needs to change his ways. Now, that's what that father had been doing to him. Not only that, but the father had never said, son, I love you. He had never heard his father say that. So he got in his car, drove to Atlanta, where his father lived, about a five-hour drive from here. And he, when he reached his father's home, walked into the house, his father gave him a stiff-arm handshake with a manly, hello, son, how are you? And he said, Pastor, I didn't let go of his hand that time. It's the first time I'd, never done, I'd ever done that. He said, I pulled him to me. And I said, Dad, I want you to know something. I love you. He said, my, my father turned away from me. He said, I grabbed him by the shoulders and turned him back toward me, looked him in the eye and said, Dad, I said, I love you. He said, my father turned his head away from me and mumbled. And I grabbed his cheeks and turned his face back to me. And I put my nose up against his and looked him in the eye and said, Daddy, I love you. 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 And he said, I said it until finally my dad broke. And he said, son, I, I, I love you too. And at that point, he fall, fell into my arms, he said, and we just hugged and hugged for a long time. When he regained his composure, I taught my dad the principles of blessing. And I said, Dad, you never received blessing in your life. You never heard your dad say, I love you. And now you've told me that you love me. And I knew you loved me, I guess, all the time, but I didn't feel it within me. I was struggling under that curse. Now would you reverse that and speak blessings over my life? He had them written out. He said, I'll do it, son. So he got down on his knees in front of his daddy, and his daddy laid hands on him and spoke blessing over him. Said he came back to Brunswick, and the only challenge I had was that he became so successful with his company, they promoted him and moved him out of town. <laughs> oh, you got to watch this That's blessing right. teaching. Bill. That's right, to the national headquarters. <laughs> and several years later, my wife and I were in Birmingham speaking in a church, and I looked, and he was in the congregation. After the service, he came up and said, Pastor, would you go home with me? 
So we followed him to his house, went through a guard gate up a mountainside, up a hillside to a home, beautiful home up on the mountainside. And we sat in his, his beautiful library. And he said, Pastor, thank you for what I learned on the power of the spoken blessing. When I went to my dad, it changed my life. He said, everything you see here is paid for. He said, I'm active in my church. I'm more than a tither. And he said, it all came about because of the power of the blessing. That's what God did. Bill, tell me the areas that you cover in your course. Well, first of all, we talk to people about the value of their children. They need to understand that, first of all. Or the value of your wife, or the value of your husband. They have to get that in their mind first. Employers, they need to understand the value of their employees. Or the employees, the value of their employer. That's so important. The secondly, we talk to them, we give them a bi- biblical overview of the principles of blessing. And then we teach them on why they should bless their children. And then we teach them what the patriarchs knew, how the patriarchs imparted blessing. And then we show them the redemptive power of the blessing. There is tremendous redemptive power, and it's, it's, it's all played out in the life of, of Jacob uh, in the Old Testament. We show them how that is done. Then we have a chapter on how to bless your children, showing them how to, how to impart blessing to them. And then a chapter on how to break the curse, the spoken curses over their lives. You see, there are two types of curses in the Bible. There's the curse of the law that's broken by the blessing of the blood of Jesus, of Yeshua. And then there's a spoken curse that can only be broken by the spoken blessing. We teach them how to do that. And then in the last chapter of the book, we show them how to plan a special blessing service, just like a birthday party, and to have that service one at a time for each member of their household. Well, you know, in in Jewish circles, that's a time for presents, too. So, I mean, that that sounds better than Christmas to me. Our bar mitzvahs and bar... Well, you've been to Jewish bar mitzvahs. Oh, yes. Those are happenings. So it's got to be a happening when someone is opened up to the blessings of God and the name of God is invoked on them. What a blessing. Better than a fountain pen. (laughs) We we were at uh, a a bar mitzvah for one of our own church members, one of the, the boys in the church, said... And while we're in that blessing that boy, the parents were there, the grandparents, friends, neighbors, with the pastors, the Lord spoke and said to my wife, well, you're finally doing what I wanted you to do all the time. And that's why God put it on my heart in 1973 to be a part of restoring the principles of the spoken blessing to the church and to the families in America and other places in the world. Pastor Bill Lakin has spent, how many years have you spent studying this, Bill? Since 1973. And are you still getting... That's 38 re- years. Are you still getting revelation on this subject? I still do, Sid. Every day, it's amazing. You know, the scriptures are just uh, so full of life, and you can always, when you go to the scriptures, you can always find something new that you didn't recognize before. Now, we've talked a lot about husbands blessing wives and wives blessing husbands. What about single people that are listening to us right now? Sometimes said single people do not have anyone to bless them. One time uh, I had a, a, a lady call me. She uh, was in her mid-30s. She was living alone, and uh, she had become very obese. And her, her physician had said, 
you must have bypass, stomach bypass surgery. Mm. She said, Pastor, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, your physician knows best, but I've heard there could be complications. Why don't we try something else first? She said, what's that? When I began to talk to her, I said, I think that you've been speaking curses over yourself. Uh, and so you're at the point now, even when you're at, at home at night and you're standing in your kitchen uh, as you're snacking on all those snacks you get out of the refrigerator, you're saying, uh, I shouldn't do this. This is going to make me fat. I'm ugly and I'm fat. I said, I want to change that in your life. So uh, we began to prepare for her a series of blessings she would speak over herself. Uh, You're blessed of the Lord. Uh, You're slim. You're beautiful. You're filled with the grace and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I said, and what do you think your weight should be? And she told me what her ideal weight should be. So I said, okay, I want you every night to stand in front of the mirror, put your hand on your own forehead, and begin to say, may the Lord bless you, call yourself by name. So you can bless yourself. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. We curse ourselves. <laughs> Jesus said, it isn't what goes in that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth. That's what defiles you. So if we can change what comes out of our mouths, it can change our lives. And so uh, she began to speak blessing over herself. She, she would stand in front of the mirror at night. She would bless herself. She would begin begin by saying, you're blessed of the Lord. God created you to be beautiful, to be lovely, to be slim. The Lord's filled you with his grace and his love. And the Lord's blessed you to weigh whatever weight it was, a certain number of pounds. And she did that every day, day after day after day for months. She did that. One Sunday, uh, she came to our church. She was in another church, but she came to our church. And I felt a tug on my coattail. I was standing in the lobby of the church. I turned around and there she stood. And she put her hand on the back of her head and did a little twirl like girls can do. And I realized she wanted to look at her. So I stepped back and took a look at her. And I said, my goodness, you look great. I said, wow, look at all the weight you've lost. You're so slim. And she said, Pastor, since I've been blessing myself, I have lost 72 pounds. And that girl never did have to have uh, the stomach bypass. How about... And this happens too much today. Uh, sons, they're estranged from their fathers. Daughters, estranged from their mothers. Have you seen a restoration there? Oh, definitely. Uh, we were teaching at a conference center in Kentucky. And a father from Hopkinsville, Kentucky, came to the meeting. And he approached me after one of the sessions. And he said, uh, Pastor Bill, he said, how can I bless my son? He lives in Chicago with his wife. And he uh, won't have anything to do with us. Uh, He won't answer my phone calls. He won't return mail to me. He won't write to me when I write to him. And he has nothing to do with us at all. He said, how can I bless him? And I said, well, do you know what his dreams and ambitions are? Some of the things that he wants to achieve in his work. He said, yes, I do know those things. I said, well, why don't you start writing him little blessings every week and just drop them in the mail to him? Just write a blessing every week. Be diligent with it. Every week, give him a blessing. So he began to write blessings every week. And uh, several years later, uh, I was back teaching in Kentucky, and the man showed up again. And he had two little girls with him, little bitty girls. They were hanging on to his legs. And he said, Pastor, let me tell you what happened. I went back home, and I began to write those blessings every week to our son in Chicago. And after several months, the phone rang one day. 
Dad, this is your son. And he said, thank you very much for sending me the blessings. Ever since I've been reading those blessings, my life has changed. My home is in much better shape. He said, I've received promotion in my work. I'm prospering now in my life. He said, I can't believe what's happening to me because of these blessings that I'm reading. He said, thank you so much. Uh, He said, Dad, can we do one thing? He said, what's that? Could my wife and I come to see you? (laughs) Oh, he said, we'd love to have you. So they drove from Chicago to Hopkinsville and stayed in their home for the weekend. And while they were there, they told their parents that they were barren and had been unable to have children. Well, the parents said, well, we learned on these teachings on the blessing that if we bless your womb, God will open your womb and give you children. They said, well, would you do that? So they blessed them, and they went back to Chicago and conceived a little girl. And then about a year and a half later, they conceived another little girl. And those were the two little children that were hanging on to granddaddy's (laughs) legs at that time. He said, look, here is the product of the spoken blessing restoring my son who was estranged from me in life. After training thousands of people on the power of the blessing, you seem so enthusiastic at age 80, probably even more so uh, than when you were first getting this revelation on what has been stolen from the church. Well, that's because I am so convinced, Sid, that God's intention in the verbal spoken blessing is to release his favor upon his people. And that's what I want. I want to see God's people enjoy the Lord, enjoy his presence and all the abundance of life that he has for them. And that is the way God has given the opportunity for us to release his blessing and his favor upon his people. Now, the church has been deficient in that. And it has been restored to us now. And so we need to begin to practice it on a daily basis. Parents and children, employers and employees, Speaking of employers and employees, give me another example of how it transformed a business person. Well, this man in South Carolina called me one day and he said, Pastor, he said, I had no relationship with my father and I was struggling in my business. He said, one day it dawned on me after I received your material on the blessing that I should go to my father. So he said, I caught an airplane and flew to where he lived. And he said, when I walked into the home, he said, I asked my father if if he would uh, study these principles of the blessing with me. He said he would. So he said, we spent some time studying together. And then I asked my dad if he would speak blessing over me. He said he had never done that. He had never spoke positively over my life. So he said he laid hands on me, and he spoke success over me, over my life, over my business. And he was writing this letter to me as he was on the plane returning. He said, Pastor, I'm on the plane going back home. He said, I have great anticipation. I don't know what's going to happen yet, but I have a feeling that there is something different inside me. He came back home, and months later, he wrote me again, and he said, I want you to know that my business has turned around Things are prospering. Life is healthy and wholesome because of the power of the blessing that my dad spoke over my life. Such a supernatural tool that God has given us, and we've missed it. 
but no more. You are going to get this book, Imparting the Blessing, and the four teaching CDs by Pastor Bill Lakin, and you are going to know for yourself and your family what the Jewish patriarchs knew. It's time for a gift of $38. Pastor Bill, would you pray the ironic blessing and deposit the fullness of the name of Jesus on our people? Yes, and as you hear this, open your hands up to the Lord, and remember, it is the Lord who imparts the blessing. I only speak it. So blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe. You have commanded this blessing to be spoken over your people, that your name might be placed on them and that you might bless them. So may the Lord himself bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know about you, but Pastor Bill, there is a thick presence of God in this studio, and I pray more and more and more of his presence will be deposited on you. You are blessed. You, Mishpacha, are blessed by Almighty God. His name is upon you. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.